We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. KC Laboratory, sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. There's more options to do banking now more than ever. Who you work with is more important than how close they are to your home. Emprise has digital banking that meets you where you are, on your phone, on your computer, even your smartwatch. A trusted partner is at your fingertips. Emprise Bank member FDIC, our partners in Possible. Uh, I'm here with uh, the twins uh, today. Uh, Maddie Lane, Craig Stout, both dressing. Uh, I didn't get the memo. Uh, Maddie underscore KCSN. Thanks, thanks for the note, buddy. Listen, these white and blue baseball tees, they look real nice. Jealousy is a good color on you, Kent. So, Craig, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> Man, I'm doing great. Um, the best compliment I've ever received in my life being called your twin. Um, it, it's wonderful. So I, I'm going to count that as one of my one of my few wins today and getting to talk football with you guys as another one. Hey, this is great. Uh, this is the game preview edition. You probably Before, should be familiar. Go ahead. No, you keep interrupting. Okay. Okay, perfect. This is great because I was really quick on my intro earlier, so this is good. Like we we got time to spare, so I feel justified jumping back in now. Um, these Bengals all white uniforms, guys, or white and black uniforms, not it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like they released the picture, and I thought they looked pretty cool. I'll admit it. I thought they looked cool. I think the issue is when you put eleven guys all wearing white on the field together and the opponents also have white helmets. It looks terrible. It looks so bad, especially when the Bengals go into a condensed set. This is just a white blob in the middle of your TV screen. Awful. This is so bad. I had to get that off my chest. Um, 
awful uniform choice. Anybody that, you know, wanted the Chiefs to go like completely all white, I have completely changed my mind. We're just competing our, against ourselves here because uh, the game's on. Uh, when they're on the like when they're near the the, the middle field, middle of the field, like the fifty yard line, it looks really, 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 really bad too. Uh, also, also the the Bengals' offense looks really, really, really bad. Um, okay, game preview edition. I was trying to explain before Maddie interrupted me. Um, three storylines, both sides of the ball. Uh, we start with the offense. I'm just gonna ask this question off the top. <laughs> do they even try to run the ball? Like, how much are they actually going to even try to run the ball against Vita Vey in this front, Matthew? Uh, no, I, I don't. <laughs> they should not. I, I, this should be a game where the Chiefs come close to competing with Josh Allen and the Bills' number of like what was it, like seventy some dropbacks essentially, or dropbacks plus Josh Allen runs. Mm-hmm. You might as well. The Chiefs are struggling to run the ball as is. The Buccaneers, especially when Vita Vey is out there, have the premier run defense in the NFL. I don't, I just don't see a reason to maybe because the chiefs run so many RPOs, they get enough favorable looks. They get enough favorable leverages that they go ahead and try it. They just give it a shot on those plays. And maybe you, you know, maybe you eat close to like 12 runs on the entire game, but that's the only way because they will not have success doing so. I will say this. It got easier to run the ball this week than it was last week because the Colts just are ridiculously elite run defenders. Now, that being said, if Akeem Hicks can come back and play in this game, never mind. (laughs) Because Vitave and Akeem Hicks in the middle of this are just going to swallow everything up. This is a ridiculously tough run defense. Even their edges play the run pretty decently as well they've got really good run defending linebackers they got guys in the secondary they're going to come up and fill the alley it's just going to be tough sledding and i know that that's going to be rough for some chiefs fans to hear i mean i know i'm from the midwest too i love seeing a good competent run game but i i don't know i i think that there's going to be a lot of a lot of pieces written after this week about what happened to the Chiefs run game after starting hot. I think it's called they're playing two of the best run defenses in the NFL back to back weeks. So I, I'm just looking at this one and I'm saying, man, take the little bit that you can get, but do not try and force a run game to get going in Tampa Bay. Uh, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Uh, please. It helps us grow the show. Leave some comments. Tell you how, tell us how you feel. Um, so I want to make sure because we're, we're talking a little bit here about trying to run the ball and we, you know, we talked a little bit about the offensive line. Um, I, I want to make sure like, it sounds like Orlando Brown Jr.'s knee might be bothering him more than they're playing on. That might've had to do, and it had to affect a little bit to affect, you know, kind of his performance this week. That's something to monitor. And that's something to take into consideration because I thought it was really, really bad. It was probably one of his worst performances recently, but I think there's a little bit of context there. I think you know, this offensive line is probably a little bit more hobbled than we're giving, than we're, than we're leading on to either. I think, you know, I mean, Trey Smith still doesn't look right. Andrew Wiley, honestly, like he's had he's had a few little issues here and there. It kind of seems like as well um, that he's kind of just playing through. I don't know if he's on the injury report necessarily, but just like he's he's had a hard time getting up a few times. Um, so it's kind of worth just bringing up there. Like this offensive line's a little beat up, and I think you can. I think that's probably a little bit of of, of what's going on too. Which is probably well. We'll get there. I got some more. We got some more. We got another. We got a whole other. Not thing. a. 
not a great sign if your offensive line's a little banged up going into week four of the NFL season for the unit that is going to essentially play the most snaps and be the most physically taxing on every single place. Like that doesn't get better. The Chiefs don't, the Chiefs had a mini buy already too. They had their long time off already too. So if they're already beat up, I mean, you know, that's not a great sign moving forward if that's the case. We got more to talk about the offensive line later. I just wanted to bring up that Orlando Brown thing off the top. Um, the, uh, the I mean, this defense is good just across the board, and this is a very physical secondary too, which is going to present some challenges as well, especially since it doesn't seem like the Chiefs receivers have really done a good job handling a physical secondary either, Matthew. Theoretically, this is a kind of game that this receiving group would arguably do better than what they've had in the past. Like theoretically, when you can get hands on Tyree Kill, it's not easy, but when you can, and when you can hit some of these other receivers the Chiefs have had, whether it's, you know, McCole Hardman or even Sammy Watkins when he wasn't always 100% healthy, that's how you could slow them down a little bit. It was very much just like Peyton Manning's Colts all throughout his entire career. You get physical with those wide receivers. It make it throws off the timing with you know the quarterback, and nothing quite goes as well. Theoretically, Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS, even Justin Watson can handle some of this physicality a little bit better. They are going to be able to run through some of these presses. They are going to be able to be physical back. The thing is, though, this is still means tight windows. This still means you're throwing the ball into tight windows because now everyone's just trying to fight each other at every stem, at every route break point. And the Chiefs just simply aren't throwing the ball into those windows very frequently, or they don't have the trust to do so. They haven't shown the trust to do so yet. I would be kind of surprised if Tampa came out and played a lot of soft zone, making it easy for the Chiefs to hunt the soft spots as well. So like I this could be a very interesting looking Chiefs passing attack, especially if the Bucs know that they're gonna run the ball eight times for two yards. Yeah. And especially if MVS doesn't play, did not practice today with an abdomen injury. So well, that is something to take note of it looks so far that justin watson is kind of the like for light guy i know that people are going to jump on it oh sky more time i think it'll be justin watson but he's he's shown a little bit and he's shown some elements so i'm curious to see what that does look like but yeah it's gonna be rough this is a ridiculously good secondary a guy that i love major fan of future chief sean murphy bunting does not start for this team <laughs> not even in the nickel like they're not using him. He's a backup for this and he's a good football player in my opinion. So they really have a lot of quality in this secondary. They have a lot of guys that match up very well are going to play physical, are going to talk plenty. They're going to do all of that. It, I mean, this is that same group from the Buccaneers Super Bowl game from two years ago, except they're all older and better. So this is going to be a tough secondary to throw against. That's right. We just got done saying the run game is going to suffer. The secondary is going to be hard to throw against. I mean, can't, we're basically saying here, this is going to be a rough day in the office for the offense this week. We're pumping sunshine this week, baby. <laughs> Sean Murphy Bunting like played significant snaps on that Super Bowl team, by the way. Like, mm -hmm. I believe he played a lot in the Super Bowl, even if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, no, this is this is going to be really tough. This is going to be really tough. And <laughs> we're not, we're definitely not pumping sunshine this week. This is the worst. This is one of the worst matchups for this team right now in the season where they're it's at. It's the right now part of it. It's the right now part it's of it. It's the yes. right now part of it mm -hmm. because the offensive lines beat up. They're not playing well. 
the um the newness of this offense i think and and you know we thought again arizona cardinals game was fool's gold and i think the last two weeks is what you're seeing a little bit more so now you've got you know you've got to you've got to try to figure a lot out against a really really tough opponent now maybe this locks him in and focuses him a little bit but run and pass they've got to be significantly better than they've been in the last you know two weeks all right, we gotta talk about the offensive line. Oh, you want Maddie, you want to jump in? I saw it on your face. I I think we're talking specifically about dealing with the physicality of the secondary, right? But I think this is the only time where I think we're really gonna get a chance to talk about the Chiefs passing game. So it's just mm-hmm. I think this is kind of starting to become a pivotal point a little bit too to start to understand what they are going to be or what they're gonna do. Last week against the Colts, you kind of had to take a sidestep away from a lot of the stuff the Chiefs want to do because you knew what Gus Bradley was going to do. He did. He played a lot of cover three, and it was a little disappointing the Chiefs didn't beat it better than they had in the past, but also it was a little bit just of a slightly off game on all these different levels. Like I think they actually had a few more open guys than it looked like. A few things worked. There was a few drop passes that made it look bad, but now you're getting another team that's going to play more two high shells. You're going to get a team that's going to play more man coverage than Gus Bradley did have the Chiefs come up with a little bit of a counter that you saw them start to struggle with the Chargers or not. Like, I think this is the time of year where the Chiefs usually start to try to figure stuff out. You've had a couple rough games here in a row. This is where you get that Andy swing and you start to see some signs of where things are going to go. I'm just curious what it's going to be. What's the offense look like? How do they go about attacking whatever the Buccaneers are going to do on defense, specifically through the air? I think the Buccaneers might do whatever they want. At least that's what they think. We have to talk about Shaq Barrett's comments this week. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, he said, essentially, he does not see a difference between this offensive line with the most expensive garden football, the tackle you traded for, two, t- two draft picks that are playing ex- extremely well, also Andrew Wiley. And he said he doesn't see much of a difference between the Super Bowl offensive line that was me, Craig, Tucker, Maddie, BJ, uh, and this group. Yikes. Um, I was the weak link, by the way. I was the weak link on that offensive line, just so y'all know. Uh, Craig and Tucker ran into each other at one point. Uh, <laughs> it was it was great. That is, I mean, the offensive line was really, really, really bad last week. And the, it was getting home, and it it definitely contributed to a lot of the factors that we saw and why this offense was out of sync. And this pass rush, look, we've we've hit on everything: the run defense, the the secondary, and now we're talking about the the pass rush. The only thing we haven't talked about is the most overrated player in football, Devin White. Um, he's actually been better this. He's been better this year. Um, yes, I know. Um, but the, I just think I, he's properly rated now. I think I think everybody walked back what everyone was saying the one offseason where he got overhyped. I think he's just properly rated now. They should pay him a billion dollars. Um, but yeah, no, this 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 pass rush is gonna present problems too, especially considering what we've seen from this offensive line. If Orlando Brown's dealing with a knee injury this early, Trey Smith struggling to move laterally, and you know, like like Joe Tooney hasn't really held his own the way we were so accustomed to either. It's like this group can present some problems. Vita Vey can present some problems to, I think, mm-hmm. this interior. I mean, like, this is a group well-positioned to really mess some things up for this group and continue to hold up, you know, to, to, to 
to disrupt and and force Patrick Mahomes to go superhero like he did against the Super Super Bowl. You know, this is a big challenge, and like the offensive line is going to have to play at an exceptional level, especially since we just got talked about. It's probably going to be some predictable passing down passing situations because they're probably not going to try to run the football too much. So I guess there's two ways. Like I'm looking specifically at Shaq Brett's comments here, right? Why would you go about trying to provide bulletin board material? Why are you even going about <laughs> out there to say this, right? It doesn't make sense this because this because they don't line, care. They know they're about to do whatever they want to them. But this offensive line is clearly better than what he played. They played in the Super Bowl. They played third and fourth stringers. Like that's what they played, right? Like they did not mm-hmm. play actual starters. So like they have to know that. Even just having baseline NFL starters, which the Chiefs obviously do across the offensive line, all of a sudden that's a huge difference, right? That being said. If he's watched the last two weeks of football, I get where he's coming from. They're playing like they did in the Super yep. Bowl, more or less. So like, you know, I don't know what to make of it. I am a little afraid that this very well-coached defensive line that has a lot of really good players on it is going to come out there and they are going to have similar success. This Buccaneers team, they are, they're good def- very well-coached on the defensive line. They're going to throw a lot at you. They're going to attack angles. They're going to attack leverage. They are going to make your offensive linemen work. And then they still have the guys that can beat you one-on-one on just about any given play. You have so much to worry about with this defensive line, like this defensive front they're going to throw at you. Even if the Chiefs offensive line was playing good, even if it was at its peak that it was last year, it's still you're hoping for a stalemate in terms of performance against the two teams. I don't know. Like if you get a stalemate, if the offensive line holds their own against this Buccaneers defensive line right now, like you almost have to be surprised or shocked at this point. I mean – Orlando Brown Jr. struggled with uh, Yannick Ngakwe this past week. Struggled with the speed, the ability to corner at you know the distance that he was. You know who's equivalent or better than Yannick Ngakwe? Both pass rushers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, Shaq Barrett can do exactly that. Joe Tryon Shoyinka can do exactly that. These are guys that 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 we really like that we really like what they contribute, everything like that, I expect that they're going to test those tackles. They really are going to put a lot on those tackles, and right now there's not been a whole lot from those tackles that we we can feel confident about. So you think about the ways that you can help protect them. Maybe you leave a tight end in. Well, they don't have Blake Bell there, so you're going to have Noah Gray, Travis Kelsey chipping. Now all of a sudden you don't get into your routes as quickly, which you know against physical receivers, against a good pass rush, you want to get there a little bit sooner. That's not great. Maybe you have a running back chip. You don't get to your check down as quickly if you're Patrick Mahomes because of that. That's not great. And oh yeah, by the way, Vitave and rookie Logan Hall, who is having an amazing year so far rushing the passer, they're on the inside, preventing you from stepping up. There, It's kind of a murderer's row in the middle there. And I, you're going to have to see much better performances out of Trey Smith, much better performance, especially against Logan Hall. Like that one, Right now, Trey has been struggling a little bit with the agility aspect of this. Logan Hall, Logan Hall might give him fits. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to that matchup. Creed Humphrey and Joe Tooney against Vitavea have to win that matchup. And that's a very difficult one. So they've got to be able to stand up to that so that Patrick Mahomes can step up into the pocket, offer his tackle some help to where, you know, they can't just allow a guy to turn at 11 yards and be right there at Patrick Mahomes. There's a very big focus that needs to be on the offensive line this week for good reason. Shaq Barrett said it. He meant it. 
it really is something that the Chiefs may not look great on offensive line because of how they've been playing this specific matchups that they're going to see one-on-one or even two-on-one in some cases there. It's just not a great situation for this offensive line. Speaking of murderers row, you may start noticing there are rows of strange tall boys uh, of beer in the bottle watered section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is this water called liquid death? Well, it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boys can uh, are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Go get liquid death at your local Woodman, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. Tucker is drinking one right now. Uh, he's, He's been drinking a lot of them lately. Players to watch. What do you got, Craig? Well, uh, the guy that I'm looking for is a guy that's gotten a lot of red zone targets. You know, a big guy. Where's number 88? Nope, it's not going to be Jody Fortson this week. It's Harrison Butker. I'm cheating. I'm Maddie answering this. <laughs> the Chiefs are going to need competent kicking play. I think that you you can see the Chiefs move the ball between the 20s. I think there's going to be a little bit of a bend, but don't break. They are going to be aggressive. The Buccaneers are, don't get me wrong, but you can still advance the ball, kind of matriculate down the field a little bit. Their Todd Bowles' defense is going to tighten up in the red zone. It's going to be rough going as soon as you get into plus territory. I need to see Harrison Butker on the field. I need that confidence back in the offense to still put points on the board when you get into plus territory, because this Buccaneers defense is going to make things insanely hard in the red zone this week. I need a guy that can still put three on the board. And right now they did not trust Matt Amendola to do it. They don't want to use Justin Reed to do it. I really hope that Harrison Butker is healthy. Even if it's a one stepper, give me some 45 yard field goals this week as part of my offense please i want more than that don't get me wrong i'm not hoping for a six to three game or anything like that but i need some more contribution than the chiefs got on offense this week absolutely no chance i will ever pick a special teamer for my player to watch so let's go with a guy that impacts The real game. Orlando Brown Jr. All right, we, I mean, we've talked about the offensive line numerous times here. You kind of got to go with the the guy on the outside, like Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown Jr., your starters. OBJ is the guy. He's the guy that's trying to get a top-end offensive tackle contract. He hasn't played like it. Like, to put it bluntly, he has not played very well. Maybe that's injury-related. Maybe it's been scheme or like the uh, matchup-related, whatever it may be. Through three games, he has not played even close to the number that one he wants, but two that he was offered by the Chiefs. It's been bad. It's been downright bad. If there was ever a time to motivate him coming off of two bad games, specifically against the Colts, getting called out by Shaquille Barrett as essentially being the equivalent of, no offense, guys, but Mike Rimmer's playing left tackle instead of right tackle is what he just called the equivalent of. There was ever a time to come out and have your best game as a Chief or 
Just make it work. Whatever the injury is, whatever you need to do to make it work, this is it. it doesn't I don't care if it looks ugly at this point. I don't need it to look good. Mm-hmm. It can be ugly. Just do everything that needs to be done to allow Patrick LeVon Mahomes and this offense make something happen because you guys aren't going to run for it. I don't know if you can really nickel and dime your way down the field against this defense the way everyone's been playing. You might just simply have to play really good, and I think it's up to him on the offensive line to help set that tone because they really do have to find a way to slow down some of these edge rushers for the Bucks. I feel semi-confident in the interior. It'll be hard. There will be losses, but I think there will be enough talent there to make it work. It's the tackles. If they just get beat like drums all game long like they did in the Super Bowl, it's going to be a long day. So I, he needs to step up. He needs to kind of start turning that corner now because long season, but these games start to add up. I am gonna go. Uh, I know. I know the the, the direct uh, probably replacement for MVS might be Justin Watson. I agree with Craig, but there's at some point the levy has to break for Sky Moore, and I just got done Does talking it? about it. I just got done uh, last week about it. It is time to get Sky Moore involved a little bit in the offense. You talk about you know a guy that's tough, that's physical, he can run through defenses. Like, I think this is a guy, little short catches. Like, this might be a decent game for him to try to run through a little bit here. I think trying to get him involved a little bit. You, you want to talk about not really having a pass game? Well, the short passing game, the easy completions. This might be a way to get him involved a little bit more here. They've tried, I mean, they, they, they've tried to turn around and hand the football off to him a little bit. Just try to get him the ball in his hands a few times. See what happens, especially since you're not going to be able to run football. Like, it's just, it's, 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 they they need to get him involved in some capacity here. And I think this might be a good week with MVS injury with McColl as a limited participant. Those it's worth watching. Give me Sky more. All right. So we had some comments here. Uh I'm gonna go find, I'm gonna go back and find it. So uh come on, guys. Give me something to feel good about. That's from Pablo Lozano. I know we've been pretty negative here. We maybe we should have started with the defensive side. Of oh, the we're ball. turning the corner now. Defensive team, baby. It's time because this what defense, is offense? This defense is good, and if you want to know how this football team's going to win this game, it's on the back of this defense, Craig. I, I and you know what? It starts up front with that defensive line, doesn't it? Yep, turning the corner like Carlos Dunlap out here into the defense, guys. This defensive line is very good. I know that it kind of seems that way. Like even even some of the post game reaction last week, talking about how well you know they got to find a way to get home with the four man rush. The blitz was so effective it made the thirty percent of the time that the four man rush was getting home pale in comparison. This pass rush is very very good. Currently they have four players over six percent pressure rate right now. That may not seem like a ton. But Steve Spagnuolo has never had three players over over 6% pressure rate. It's been the Chris Jones and Frank Clark show for most of his time here. Right now, he's getting contributions from Carlos Dunlap, Mike Dana, who we hope is back. He's getting contributions on the inside from Chris Jones, from Frank Clark. He's getting it from George Karloftis. He's getting it from Colin Saunders. This group right now can wholesale rotate and still get after the passer. And it's giving these guys fresher legs. It's giving these guys the ability to match up well against certain guys. We saw it last week. Turk Wharton and Frank Clark switched so that Frank Clark 
IDing the play ahead of time can get matched up with Danny Pinter, overwhelm him for a sack. That's the type of stuff that they can do right now. And as you look at this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line, it is ravaged by injuries. Now, Donovan Smith may be back at left tackle, but it's kind of a 50-50 game call right now. It doesn't matter. The interior of this does not look great. Shaq Mason is one of the few guys that's out there that looks okay. Tristan Wirfs is out there, and obviously he's good. But Luke Godeke, Robert Hainsey have struggled. And if Donovan Smith can't play, Brandon Walton is going to start, and he has also struggled. They are going to get lots of hits, especially on the interior of Tom Brady. Brady's going to have to throw the ball quickly. going to have to get it out of his hands quickly. But this is an overwhelmingly favorite matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs defensive line right now. They are a bad matchup for this offensive line, just like the Chiefs, or just like the Buccaneers were for the Chiefs offensive line. I think it's going to come down with whose defensive line plays the better game. And right now, Chiefs might be the one. And and that's true. I I fully agree with this. This Buccaneers offensive line has had injuries dating back to training camp. They're struggling to get through a lot of it and just trying to figure out how they're going to sort it out. And then all of a sudden now they're suffering more injuries as the year goes on. There's going to be no continuity. You have a quarterback who is very set in structure. Tom Brady, very good player, but he likes things to be done this very specific way. And when it is, he's happy. When it's not, he gets mad. And it's very obvious. And sometimes that shows in his play good. Sometimes it shows in his play and he's bad. And so it all depends on what you're going to get there. But this is an offensive line that this Chiefs defensive line not only can win these one-on-one matchups with, they can also overwhelm them with Steve Spag. what Steve Spagnuolo likes to do. They can call all these different things and you can have them missing protections. You can have them going the wrong direction, getting free rushers at Tom Brady continuously. And even before Tom Brady is playing with such a bad offensive line in front of him as they have right now, Steve Spagnuolo is kind of known for getting to Tom Brady. Like that's kind of what he does. That's Mm -hmm. that is Steve Spagnuolo. His like entire career is made around the concept that he has confused Tom Brady specifically more than just about any other defensive coordinator in the entire NFL. That's just kind of what he's always done when they, you know, the last time these two teams met, the Buccaneers had success essentially just saying, nope, we're going to make you put all your slows out there on the field. I'm sure we are going to get there here in a little bit. And that's how they beat him. But when Spagnol gets into his bag with his pressure packages and calling all those blitzes and getting these funky fronts going, they have how he's always had success against Tom Brady. So can the defensive line that plus the extra pressures that Spags is going to bring on there, not only will it beat the offensive line, but will it rattle Tom Brady the same way it has in some of their matchups in the past? No, I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna heat him up a little bit. And you know, we can talk a little bit about who's in, who's out at the receiver position and all that, and some continuity there. That's that's gonna be something to watch because I mean the the chemistry. And all that with the pass catchers. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not always been consistently there. Tom's been throwing a lot of iPads lately. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Really quick, I got I got to stop for a second. I Tua right now is the, the Tua situation. I I know I'm stopping mid mid show. I'm I'm struggling right now. This is disgusting. I, yeah. I feel so bad for Tua Tagovailoa, and I'm like I'm furious. I'm furious right now. Because this is two concussions in three days. It was very blatantly obvious that he had a concussion last week. Everyone and their mom knew that. And now he's getting walked off on a stretcher. His fingers were involuntary. I am furious. I am just 
I'm I'm just sorry. I it's just disgusting. Gross. It is disgusting. <laughs> I love this sport. I love this sport. But also, this is the downside of it. And it's just it's I'm pissed. I'm like I'm not I I'm, I'm furious. I I had to stop it really quick. I'm sorry. That is just it's happening right now and it's just it's distracting me right now. Um there's there's a lot of weapons there. We're we're about to talk about. This is probably the best group of weapons that that uh that they're going to have uh at their disposal this season. Yes, easily. I mean, Chris Godwin did not practice today. Um they said that it is a rest day after a limited practice with that hamstring. Uh that's good news for the Chiefs because honestly, if Chris Godwin's out there with Russell Gage and Mike Evans, it doesn't look like Rashad Perryman is going to play. That is easily the best set of weapons that the Chiefs have seen this year. They've caught some teams with some absences notable you know you think about deandre hopkins keenan allen i mean last week they they did face you know michael pittman jr and alec pierce that pales in comparison to what mike evans chris godwin russell gage can do to this young secondary this is going to be a baptism by fire it really is we might see you know the these guys get after these young secondary pieces a little bit these are veteran players they're exceptional players they can get open, and Tom Brady is going to put dots on them. They really are, and he has thrown down the field plenty. We haven't really seen the Chiefs cornerbacks tested downfield either. There's a potential for both of those things. Conversely, we could see guys like Jalen Watson, who are not afraid of the moment in any way, shape, or form, show up in a very big way. Like Line up against Mike Evans. Not be as scared of what he can do to you and play an exceptional game against him. Rashad Fenton, we know, is not going to back down from anything. If he can land more presses, keep the ball from coming out quickly to these receivers, that is a great thing as well. And Legereus Need, arguably having the best season of his career so far through three games, if he can have a good game from the slot there, I think that this is the real true measuring stick for where this secondary lines. Now, I know it's early. There's still plenty of time for them to improve. So if this does not go well, I, I'm not freaking out yet. You know, you're playing a lot of young guys, lean into it, let them go. But man, if they play well against this group, we can really, really get excited about what they're going to be bringing to the table all season long. And at this time, it's trending towards Julio Jones playing just based on the practice report, but we're a little yeah. less sure about Chris Godwin, correct? Like I think Godwin's limited in practice yesterday, but didn't practice today. Not having Chris Godwin, and then especially not having Julio Jones, who I guess we've barely seen with the Buccaneers, so I don't want to say like he's a great replacement, but mm -hmm. not, if neither one of those guys can play, or if it is just Julio even, I think that goes a long way in helping, obviously it goes a long way in just helping the Chiefs not be completely overwhelmed. Like, yes, Russell Gage and Scotty Miller are fine depth wide receiver pieces, but when it's Mike Evans and then just those guys, it's a lot less daunting. It's a lot less mm -hmm. daunting when there's just one guy that you know is going to go out there and Mike Williams, you probably even better than Mike Williams because he's a better version, but that's all it's going to be. It's essentially going to be just like playing the Chargers again if those other two guys can't play. It's Mike Williams and friends. It's going to be Mike Evans and friends. I think that does help the Chiefs, and I think that's a position where we've seen the Chiefs. They're not afraid to go bracket a number one wide receiver. They're not afraid to throw a lot of bodies towards a single guy beating them. I know people are going to throw back the Jamar Chase game into the face of that, but I'm just saying, like, go back and look through going back to the Super Bowl against the 49ers. You can even go last week against the Colts. Like, they, Steve Spagnola, when he pinpoints a specific target that is going to get funneled passes 
in specific situations, he will happily double team them. And so if it's just Mike Evans and then, like I said, Russell Gage and Cameron Brayton, all that, I think you'll see a lot of that out of the Chiefs. They're going to make Tom Brady throw to other guys that he maybe doesn't have as good of a connection with while trying to heat him up and make him confuse. I, I don't hate the Chiefs secondary versus these weapons. I agree it's a big test, but I don't know if I hate it. I don't know if I think they're completely outmatched like I did a couple mm-hmm. of years ago in the Super Bowl. I think they're a mm-hmm. lot closer to even now than they were then, so I am excited to watch it. I'm excited to see hopefully a secondary get a, be let loose a little bit and really get challenged and see what happens. Are we coming out of it saying, okay, they're talented, but they're close. They're on the right track, or are they closer to there than we are giving them credit for? I think this game tells you a lot of that. How fun is it to say, boy, I feel like this is closer to even when you're not playing Tyron Matthew, uh, you know, Bashad Breeland and Charvarius Ward out there. And I'm wow. not saying that I disagree. I, I love what the Chiefs are doing right now. I love the young pieces. I love the talent. Like, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, Matty. It's just so funny to hear that said and just kind of think, yeah, yeah, it really is. So more personnel back, more players available. You know, you could see, you could see, uh, you could see them play a little bigger, Maddie. That's the thing the Bucks did the last time the Chiefs played, right? They sat there in twelve personnel a lot, and they said, "Hey, yeah. Anthony Hitchens and company, go stop us." And the Chiefs simply could not. They got run all over. Even when the Bucks wanted to throw the ball, they couldn't stop it. So now this year, we talked about the offensive line for the Bucs being a step back and the Chiefs defensive line playing good. So maybe you just don't straight up get run all over. But even specifically from the Bucs on the offensive side, they're not as good at going heavy. They're not as good at playing big out of 11 personnel either. So when they go heavy, they no longer have Rob Gronkowski. He was an excellent blocker, arguably still one of the best two or three block, two or three top blocking tight ends in the league when the Chiefs played them last. He's replaced by Cameron Brait now as a blocker. Not very good. Kate Otten, a rookie, was a good blocker at Washington, but still not Rob Gronkowski. Kyle Rudolph barely plays. Like They don't have a guy to step in and be that blocking tight end that is going to be playing and play out handling defensive linemen or even linebackers. Then when they try to go 11 personnel and still play big and run out of it, Chris Godwin being able to come into the middle of the field and block a linebacker matters. It's a lot different when it's Russell Gage. It's a lot different when it's Scotty Miller trying to do that. So now all of a sudden... The Buccaneers, and I think this is why you've seen offensive struggles from them. They don't know how to play the brand of football that they have had success success yeah. with these last few years, and it looks gross. It mm-hmm. looks bad. They're like the Chiefs. They're in this offensive identity crisis because they don't have the personnel to keep doing what they've been doing, and now they're trying to reform this offensive identity, and they just haven't found it yet. So hopefully the Chiefs can handle heavy personnel. Hopefully they don't get gashed. As long as they can handle the run game, don't get gashed all game long for four or five yards of carry. I think they're set up pretty well to this to keep the Buccaneers relatively low scoring. Well, and yeah, like the the Bucks big personnel or third twelve personnel is plays a lot bigger than other teams twelve personnel. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's the thing that you were kind of alluding to a little bit there is like you know the 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 Godwins that are really good blockers. Mike Evans is like those guys can you know, they can be active participants in the run game. They can help in a lot of different areas. So, yeah, Chris Godwin hasn't really played much. And, you know, uh, I, I know uh, Mike Evans is coming back from from the suspension. So, you know, you can mix and match a little bit there. Maybe they can get back to a little bit of the stuff that they've been able to do with some of those guys here. We'll find out. It's going to be a big challenge. And I think it is going to be one of those deciding factors for this football game for sure. 
Yeah, uh, the Chiefs, for those who are unaware, the Chiefs defense is currently fifth in the league in yards per carry allowed. You know, they're allowing 3.6 yards per carry that right, right now. That's a really, really, really good job by them. However, what we see here is that they're unfortunately, you know, they're they're allowing a few more yards per carry out of their base defense. And I don't know if that's uh, them trying to get a little bit more of Leo Chanel and Darius Harris a little bit last year, trying to catch them on the outside, try and test some of the speed, try and test some of the you know reads and things like that. But that's what we're going to see. We're going to see this team try and line up in 12 personnel and try and run the ball against the Chiefs. And even if they can't run the ball, now all of a sudden you are trusting Darius Harris and you are trusting Leo Chanel, guys that we like, don't get us wrong, but against guys like, you know, Cameron Bray and Kyle Rudolph and, you know, in open space. And that is not great. You know, we, we haven't seen a lot of positives in pass coverage from either one of those guys yet. So putting them one-on-one, -on -one, being in heavy personnel when you're going to be in the base and trying to do that is going to be a little bit difficult. I am going to be very curious to see if Steve Spagnuolo looks at that 12 personnel and says, listen, our safeties are big. Like, we know they're big. The, Justin Reed's a huge dude. He can kick down and kind of play in the box a little bit against 12 personnel. Let's treat it like 11 and play some nickel and try and kick him down in the box. That way you can protect some of these guys a little bit from having to kick down, having to play in coverage so much against these tight ends with two linebackers put him on there try and eliminate one bracket the other and then stop the run with the personnel that frankly has been really good at stopping the run so far i'm hoping that's the case but be on the lookout we may see more leo chanel this week and maybe he's gonna jump off the page you know maybe we're gonna see something positive from him let's look at players to watch what you got craig Oh, what do I got this week? I'm looking at George. Uh, I'm going to look at not George Karloftis because you guys have George Karloftis. I'm so sorry. I'm looking at Colin you can, Saunders. Let, you let's can go take, You Colin. can take George. It's no, fine. I'm going Colin. I'm going Colin. Uh, Colin Saunders is coming off the best game of his career easily th this week. Colin mm -hmm. made plays against the pass, made plays against the run. Go uh, Tomorrow morning, sit down, go watch me and DJ talk about him. DJ's face a couple of times when Colin's making plays just just drops you know like he he was amazed by some of the things that he was able to do we already talked about how the interior of this you know this offensive line not great Colin Saunders has earned more playtime on the interior we're going to see more of him because he can defend the run well he can rush the passer a little bit I think he's a guy that makes a ton of sense for this game to really press Robert Hainsey force the issue a little bit and control him because he was dominating Ryan Kelly, and Ryan Kelly's a hell of a player. Put him up against Hainsey, and let's see what happens there. I am predicting a big day for Colin. So I also was going to go with George Karloftis, but since Kent is going to go with him, I will go ahead and take switch him. my answer to uh, Darius Harris. So mm. Darius Harris is going to play a lot. We saw that last week. I think he'll play even more this week. The Colts struggled to get the run game going, and I don't know if the Buccaneers will also struggle or not, but I'm more curious. Matt Ryan didn't do a very good job of attacking the Chiefs in the second level in the absence of Willie Gay. There are some examples where the linebackers maybe didn't get enough depth, where maybe they were looked off of where they should have been, a game-winning touchdown. However, by and large, they were not challenged entirely into the spots where you know Darius Harris and Nick Bolton are now trying to replace what Willie Gay brought to the coverage unit. Tom Brady will. 
Tom Brady and his Buccaneers team will, and whether they're going big, whether they're playing in their 11 personnel, if Godwin's able to go and still trying to play big out of it, they will make these linebackers cover. They will make them run. How does Darius Harris respond? He had some really big hits. That's a good, good tackler. When mm -hmm. he gets there and he's squared up, he can tackle just about anybody. There is some issues getting there. He's the team speed on the defense 100% showed last week against the Colts. The linebacker, the second level is a lot slower. There were plenty of plays out to the flats that they got picked up more yards than they would have if Willie Gay was there and maybe made the tackle. It's kind of 50-50, but he would have been there a lot sooner. Darius Harris couldn't get to a couple of those. Will the Buccaneers take advantage of that? I think this is a smart enough team with Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady to do so. So I think this is a really big test for him. The Chiefs will have to survive two more games without Willie Gay after this. So I just think this is an important game to see where he is going to go from here and how the Chiefs are going to survive the next couple games. I'm going to go Jalen Watson. <laughs> just kidding. Look, George, I think George Kaloftis is like, he hasn't had a statistically productive, you know, first three games. Hmm. I don't care. Some of the uh, the pressures have been pretty good to this point, Gregory. And mm -hmm. also just, he's played well. He's a lot yeah. better against the run than what we saw in college. Oof. He's played pretty well. I mean, in, I think you sent us one this week too, didn't I you? I did. I did. And actually, once again, watch watch DJ tomorrow. There, we, we highlight it. George Karloftis buries Quentin Nelson and then grabs, I believe, is it Braden Smith or is Braden Smith on the other side? I can't remember. I think it's Braden gra Smith. Grabs no. the tackle and hip tosses him while holding Quentin Nelson down. Doesn't lose his balance, stays on his feet. It was on the fourth and short play. It's awesome. He's he's that wasn't the only time, by the way. That wasn't the only time oh, yeah. that he big boyed Quentin Nelson. Like that want to be very clear. I he sent this clip and he asked me to watch Carl off this. And I was like, okay, I think it's probably going to be the rundown where I remember him bullying Quentin Nelson. No, no, no. He pulls him to the ground. He drags him by his collar like a child while hip tossing the tackle up and over him. It, it's a glorious play. You guys have to tune in to watch tomorrow. This is why uh, this is why it was their player to watch too. Clearly, because like I'm not even getting in a word. I, we've been geeking out about it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Clearly. <laughs> well, George Karloftis. So why do you want to watch him, Kent? <laughs> I no, I've I think he's played well. I think he's played better than the statistics show, uh, you know, or the lack of statistics show. I think run and pass have been productive and disruptive. I think he's gonna continue to play well and I want to see him continue to play well. I geek out about getting to watch him and all the other rookies. And I I could see his first sack coming this week. I really could. Uh prediction time. I guess I'm going first on this one. Yeah, you yeah. Want, you, you put yourself you know, first on this. Yeah. That, I don't I don't think I put my I didn't put myself there. Someone moved me. Um I wonder who. <laughs> I uh I think this is going to be an ugly football game against uh it's going to be a defensive football game for both sides of the ball in a lot of different ways. I think it'll be a slog at times to get points across the board. Um but two very good quarterbacks still playing. I can't believe Tom Brady's still playing. I'm picking the Bucks to win, guys. I'm picking a tight one. I'm picking 24-23 Bucks. I think, you know, the line started to move, and I think it's justifiable. I think the Chiefs are going to have a really – it's going to be a slog for the third straight week on, on defense, and I think Tom Brady getting his weapons back uh, is going to be helpful and probably the deciding factor. I think, I think Tom gets, gets Mahomes' number again, and I really hope I'm wrong. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> What's the thing? What's the thing? 
How many people can tell me uh, how many times the Buccaneers have scored over 20 points this season through three games? Over 20? Over 20. Zero. Zero. That's correct. Mike (laughs) Evans and Chris Godwin have taken the field together with Russell Gage in week one against the Dallas Cowboys. Chiefs have a better defense than the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are good. Don't get me wrong. Got a better defense than the Dallas Cowboys. Micah Parsons, baby. Micah Parsons is exceptional. I think he's right. I do think he's right. I think he's right, Maddie. I do think I'm, he's I'm right. saying it. Listen, just go with me on <laughs> that. They have the Trump, like Dallas has the Trump card. They Sorry, do. you guys, you guys talked all over my player to watch. I can jump in here a, a little true. bit. Okay, that's what it is. They have the Trump card, and didn't they kind of have like the best defense in the NFL last year too? And like, I, I know mean, defense is very volatile, but okay, continue. Sorry, sorry, this isn't where we talk. This isn't your time. Tampa Bay only scores 20. Doesn't have Chris Godwin for that game. Yeah, sure. I understand it. Last week, a big, fat, whole lot of nothing out of both offenses in that game. Does not go particularly well. I mean, they lose to the Packers 12-14. to 14. It hasn't seemed to matter. Now, those are three good to really good defenses there. I'm not saying that it's not, but the Chiefs are a really good defense this year. I fully believe that. And I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to struggle to score. I also think the Chiefs are going to struggle to score. This is going to be a low-scoring affair. I think the Chiefs are going to kick a bunch of field goals. I think they're going to punch it in. I'm calling it. Jody Fortson is going to catch one. I think the Chiefs are going to win, and it's going to be like a 17-14 affair, just a game that is just a slobber knocker defensive all out everything but i do think the chiefs are going to come away with a victory on the backs of a good defensive performance how many times and i don't have an answer i quickly tried to pull it up how many times in his career do we think tom brady's lost back-to-back games oh it's probably not many not right much. yeah it's very like i think i remember back in like 2018 there was a graphic that that was the first time in like 15 years and i think a couple people said no 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 that was wrong it happened this one other time but i mean we're probably looking at like maybe four or five times in his career. He's lost back-to-back games. And that's what we're kind of facing right now. And while I fully understand everything we're saying here, I fully understand the chiefs defense maybe matches up well against an offense that's playing really poorly. This bucks team for as much as we question how the chiefs have looked so far. If you rule out just all the wild mental errors from last week, and you just look at this team at face value, the chiefs have looked like the better team than Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like they've looked like the better team. The Buccaneers look just as bad on offense. They look just as confused. It's like, I fully understand why you would take that route. On the other hand, Tom Brady doesn't lose back-to-back games. It doesn't happen. He comes out. Oh, My friend, Uh not only does it happen, it has happened every season for the past three years, including including with the Bucs when the Chiefs handed them their second uh, loss in a row two. A well never never mind ago. i'm turning everything I did. okay never mind everything i said retracted tucker take that out um chiefs 40 <laughs> buccaneers 20 based on this news no um uh so realistically i was gonna pick the chiefs anyway even before this news i think it's gonna be an ugly game i'm gonna saddle up with the better defense the team that is defense first the team that is the only defense that matters i am taking the chiefs 24 to the buccaneers 20 <laughs> was maddie trying to lee corso that <laughs> Not yes, so fast, not my so friend. Fast. Pretty much. If I if I had a giant arrowhead helmet. <laughs> so I thought you were playing a Casey Wolf. What an arrowhead. 
Uh, it's time to end this show. That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory Game yeah. Preview Edition for Chiefs Bucks. Thank you for watching. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. We'll catch you later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.